0: Hello, puppet. Do come in. Would you like a slice of cake? I should warn you, it is extremely luxurious. I've told you of Petrina, haven't I? The witch who mentored me in the ways of magic and healing? Not a great deal. Oh, well, today would have been her birthday, were she still alive. I like to celebrate every year by baking the most decadent cake I can. She hated anything sweet and she forbid me from eating all the little things I'd enjoyed growing up with my dads in our sweet shop. So this is my way of reminding myself that she has no control over me anymore, I suppose. She can no longer stop me from eating this cake. But I would be more than happy to share it, and my stomach would thank you for it. It's incredibly sickly. I think I went a teensy bit overboard with the chocolate ganache. I should pour us out some cordial, the sweetest I can find, and we should make a toast. Wait here. Oh, fiddlesticks, where did I put the glasses? Ah, here we go. Okay, here's your drink. And here's to Petrina. I'm sorry that you were so unhappy, and I thank you for teaching me how to be a witch. I wouldn't be where I am today without you. (sighs) More cordial? Once upon a time, there was a witch named Petrina. Petrina hated children. She absolutely loathed them. But there was one thing that she loved so much that it was enough to eclipse her burning hatred of kids. Petrina loved power. She loved telling people what to do and then having them do it. She loved living in a castle. She loved wearing big, expensive cloaks that swept against the floor as she walked. So when she heard that an extremely powerful lord had lost his wife, she took one look at his beautiful mansion and decided that it was very important that she marry him immediately. Of course, she couldn't just waltz in and demand to marry a grieving man. No, she had to seduce him, bring him round to the idea. Spending time with the Lord would not have been the absolute worst use of her time, if it wasn't for the fact that he had twelve children, who he loved dearly, eleven boys and one girl. Their names were Elliot, Enzo, Elias, Eric, Ezra, Ezekiel, Evan, Ethelred, Ephraim, Ebenezer, Elmo and Eliza. Most nobles don't spend a lot of time with their children and leave a lot of their care to nannies and governesses and shooters. This lord was not like that, much to Petrina's frustration. Almost every single date they had together was interrupted by pesky children. It was the most difficult challenge in Petrina's entire life to pretend that this didn't absolutely infuriate her. She had to smile and laugh, and pretend that she adored Enzo, Eric, Eliot, Ezekiel, Elias, Ebenezer, Elmo, Evan, Ethelred, Ezra, Ephraim, and Liza. The only thing that got her through it was imagining all the curses she could put on them. Hypothetically, of course. With the Lord thoroughly convinced that Petrina was a lovely young woman who adored all of his children, he asked her to marry him. Petrina, of course, accepted. The first indication that the children had that their new stepmother was not particularly fond of them was at a bake sale. The family had been invited to attend a small charity bake sale in one of the villages of their estate to show their support for the cause. There were an enormous variety of cakes, biscuits and sweet pastries available to buy. The children, of course, wanted to try them all. But Petrina said they couldn't, and when they told her that they were hungry, She gave them each a small glass bottle full of sand, and told them they could eat that if they were truly hungry. This is the woman I worked my apprenticeship in healing and witchcraft with, by the way, just a reminder. You know how I love cakes, and biscuits, and sweet pastries, so those years were not the happiest years of my life. Now the way Petrina told this story, she never meant to curse anybody, but she didn't regret that it happened. First things first, she convinced her new husband to send Eliza away to boarding school. It would be good for her to spend time with girls her own age, she reasoned. That left her Eliza's 11 brothers. Petrina tried her best to ignore them, but even in a mansion, it's hard to avoid 11 people all at once. There was always one of them, everywhere, all the time. She'd go to the bathroom, and one of the boys would be in there styling his hair. She'd go to the dining room, and she'd find a small group of them running round on the chairs, pretending that the floor was made of lava. One day, she went up to her bedroom, and found one of them using a pair of her tights as a makeshift catapult to fire water balloons at his brothers in the garden below. This was the final straw. Petrina waved her hands and stomped her feet, and said she wished they would all just fly away, just go, leave her alone." And the eleven human brothers turned into eleven swans. They couldn't stay in the castle now, of course, so away they flew. The Lord offered a generous reward to anyone who could find and return his sons to him. But of course no one could, because no one suspected that they had turned into swans. And so for ten, Blissful years, Petrina was able to do exactly as she pleased. She could go wherever she wanted in the castle without bumping into any pesky children. She could spend her husband's money on pretty dresses and expensive jewellery without having to worry that he'd insist she'd buy gifts for all of his children while she was out too. And then Eliza came home. She was too old to be at boarding school now, she had passed her exams with flying colours and she had returned home to her father's mansion. Petrina could not have this. She wasn't ready to give up the life she had come to enjoy, or to share her home with anybody else. The Lord was extremely excited to have one of his children return to him at last. He put all of his energy, and a lot of his money, into organising a big, lavish welcome home party for her. Petrina made sure to be the one who greeted Eliza when she arrived back at the mansion. While the Lord was busy with party preparations, Petrina offered to run Eliza a bath. Now this was odd. Usually a servant would do that kind of thing. But Petrina pretended that she was delighted to see Eliza again and wanted to ensure that her bath was as relaxing, and comfortable and lovely as possible before she went down to her party. And Eliza believed her. Petrina ran the water, sprinkled it with sweet-smelling rose-scented bath salts. And set a fun bath bomb down to one side for Eliza to use if she wanted to. She took the bottle of shampoo and a bottle of brown hair dye and switched the labels around and made sure the bottle labeled shampoo was left within grabbing distance of the bathtub itself. And then she went to fetch Eliza and left her to it. After a nice, relaxing bath, Eliza emerged from the bathroom unaware that her light blonde hair had been dyed brown. She got dressed and went out into the garden, where her father was waiting with balloons and presents and enough cakes to feed a whole family for a month. Now, you have to remember that the Lord hadn't seen his daughter at all for ten years. But he remembered that she had blonde hair, like his own. It was easy for Petrida to convince him that this girl was some kind of imposter, and not even a very good one at that. She hadn't even got Eliza's hair colour right. Heartbroken, the Lord banished Eliza from his home, not realising that she was his daughter. Petrina had a wonderful next couple of years. With all his children missing, the Lord sank into a deep depression. He rarely left his bedroom. This meant the running of the estate was mostly left to Petrina. And she loved it. Power was, you will remember, the one thing in all the world she truly, truly cared about. But unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, because she was not what one would call a merciful or fair ruler. After a few years, Eliza returned once more, this time with her brothers in tow. The twelve siblings had found each other, and Eliza had managed to break the curse that Petrina had put on her brothers. They were human once more, The twelve siblings marched past Petrina and into their father's bedroom, where they explained everything that had happened, and everything that Petrina had done to them. To say that the Lord was upset with Petrina would be an understatement. He divorced her, banished her from his estate, and forced her out of the mansion with nothing but the oldest, cheapest clothes she owned. Which were still pretty nice clothes, but they would not endure a hard life on the streets very well. Petrina wandered the wilds of the forest until she found a village, quiet and out of the way of the estate enough that nobody would recognise her. She set up a little cottage on the outskirts and established herself as a witch and a healer, somebody the villagers could go to if they needed help. Much like yours, truly, although obviously not as good. Eventually, as she grew older, she decided that she needed somebody to pass all of her knowledge on to, as well as her story because who would tell her side of events when she had died? So she took in an orphan, named Melita and offered her an apprenticeship. As I said, she's dead now. Old age. I'd say I missed her, but I'm not entirely sure I do. Thank you for listening to the gingerbread house this week's episode was inspired by the wild swans a story by hans christian anderson if you enjoyed listening please consider rating us or leaving a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or even telling a friend about our podcast these are the best ways of letting us know that you'd like to hear more from us you can find us on twitter at GingerbreadPod, all one word and instagram at the gingerbread pod again all one word The Gingerbread House is written and produced by Daisy Plant, who also provides the voice for Melitta the witch. Again, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time, when we'll be meeting a boy whose love of artwork might just have saved his life.